What does it take to be a top performing entrepreneur? Welcome to Inspiring Business Success, a podcast sponsored by Insperity, where we'll explore areas of entrepreneurial success and extraordinary professional performance. There is an abundance of good performers, but what about exceptional performance? This season, we will be exploring the defining characteristics of exceptional performers in business and in life. Inspiring Business Success is sponsored by Insperity. Insperity provides human resources solutions that make a difference in the success equation for the best small and medium-sized businesses. If you want to know more, go to insperity.com. Are you ready to reach new heights in your performance? Let's go to the studio now with Larry Schaefer, Senior Vice President of Marketing at Insperity, Dr. David Cook, author, speaker, and well-known sports psychologist, and Doug Tatum, author, professor, and entrepreneur. David and Doug, we're, we're here uh, in the middle of discussing the three pillars of high performance, the three pillars of success. In our previous conversations, we've covered the first pillar of focus. And right now, let's move into the next key pillar, which is passion. And then a little bit later, we'll talk about that third one, mental toughness. But right now, Let's, let's talk about passion. Really, how bad do you want to reach your goal? Yes, the focus is the, is the compass heading. Passion is the fuel that gets us there. And a lot of people can set goals with no passion behind them. Unfortunately, you know, and this is, this is something for leaders to understand, if they set goals for people, for an institution, and the individuals under there don't have a passion for it, then they're, they're lacking the fuel. So, and, and the same thing in our life, you know, someone says you need to set goals. So you do, but you don't have any passion or motivation or inspiration for them. So the real fuel after we set the specific, tangible, difficult self-reference goal is, all right, how bad do you want to do it? Am I really going to take those four things and apply them to my life? Or am I just going to think those were, you know, those were good stories. Those are good ideas. Those are the keys are the secrets. Now, let's put some fuel behind it. How bad do you want it? It's such a huge, huge question. It takes me back to when I was a professor at the University of Kansas many years ago. They had a great pole vaulting team. I was a sports psychologist for the athletic department there and, you know, taught the classes and just place I cut my teeth in sports psychology. The track team was awesome, and they had a specific group within the track team called the, you know, the pole vaulting group. They had five, they had five guys over 18 foot at one time. No college has ever done that before or since or ever will. It was fascinating to be involved with them. They got this new recruit this specific year. He was probably the most highly touted high school vaulter in America at that point, and, you know, pretty cool kid, you know, he's going to be sort of the big man on campus when he got there because that's just his personality. So he shows up, you know, in the first few practices, he's doing really well. And um, the coach then takes the whole team and they set their goals, you know, and they do what we've talked about in the podcast, specific, tangible, self-reference, difficult goals, you know, and um, basically, what do you want to accomplish? And this kid said, well, I'm going to jump 18 foot as a freshman. I want to, I want to, you know, score points in the in the conference championship. I want to go to the national championship and and score, you know, high lofty goals for a freshman on a team that already had four 
kids that jumped 18 foot. He would end up being the, the fifth if, if he could. And so uh, he wrote them down, took them, and then the coach had uh, a copy of them. And But after the second day or so of practice, the kid didn't have as much enthusiasm as he did the first few days and lingered on into the second week. He came to practice a little late, unkempt looking, not quite as focused, and basically he had discovered school and most <laughs> mostly sororities, I think, <laughs> okay. and parties and fraternities and stuff like that. And so the co- coach told him on a Friday uh, of the second week into it, he said, look, I, I want to see you after practice in my office. So they go in there and the coach takes out this kid's goals and he puts him out front of him. He says, uh, Obviously, you want to make the team. Secondly, you want to jump 18 foot. Uh, third, you want to score in the conference. And lastly, you want to score in the national championship. And unbeknownst to this kid, the coach had a big red Sharpie in his hand. And he looks at him and says, you need to understand something, uh, Bill. I'm going to use that name, which isn't his name. I said, Bill, you need to understand something. He said, you know, one of my jobs as a coach is to protect my athletes. You know, in the vault's pretty dangerous, so we, we really take all the precautions. But I'm about to protect you um, from great disappointment. <laughs> Kids going, what do, you, what, 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 what do you mean? So he scratches through, make the team. He scratches through 18 foot with his red, you know, sharp. He scratches through all the other goals. And up by make the team, he says, here's what we're going to do. I, I, this is what I see in you by your effort, your passion. You don't have the passion that equals these goals. So I'm going to put this goal up here, 15 feet, 6 inches. That's who you are right now. You don't have the passion to do these. And let me tell you something about 15-6. That doesn't make the team. Well, the kid is furious. Those are my goals. You can't change them. He said, you have no passion that matches your goals. I'm a coach. I'm experienced. This is who you are right now. I'll tell you what I'll do. At the end of next week, we're making cuts. And if you're not showing more, displaying more passion by the end of this next week, I'm sorry, but you'll just need to be a student and we're going to move on without you. So I want to see more passion and we need to move that number up quite a bit before you can even make the team. (laughs) This kid goes away furious. He goes, well, that coach is messing with my goals. I can do this. So he comes to practice early. You know, he shows up. He's focused. He's he's reestablishing where he wants to go and how bad he wants to get there. And all the coach did was use his goals. At the end of the week, the kids had a pretty good week and comes in and says, how did I do, coach? And he looked at it and he changes the number of 15-6 to 16 feet. And he says, you know what? It's not good enough. It's we're 16-6 minimum to make the team. And I'm making cuts today, but I'm going to give you one more week <laughs> to see if you can show me the passion of a 16-6 vaulter. And again, that's not going to make the rest of your goals. That's just going to get you on the team. He's furious. He goes out. He comes back. He works harder. Shows up with more concentration and poise and, you know, inspiration, motivation, all that stuff. And that Friday, the coach goes in and says, all right, I see a 16-6 falter. No, I'm better than that. Not right now. So you make the team, but these other goals are out of reach. I need to see more. Each week, they would meet on Friday. And he would describe what he saw different in this kid. And basically what, the, what this young man had to do, he had to determine his passion. How bad do I want it? And the coach wasn't screaming or yelling at him. He was simply asking the kid a question. Is this really what you want? And the young man addressed that question. And he came back better each week. And that year he jumped 18 foot. 
and he did score in the big, uh, in, in the conference championship and went on to the national championship. It was an incredible story of do you have any fuel right. behind setting your it, goal? It's a, it's a simple illustration, but it's kind of like after a couple of weeks in college, that kid who was incredibly talented was sitting in a high-performance sports car. And just by sitting in the car, he thought he had everything he needed. Well, he didn't have any fuel. <laughs> and that coach was brilliant enough to coach him in that. Doug, what do you think? You know, it strikes me, and and I'm going to reference a couple of, of uh, real-time examples. I knew Paul, the founder of Insperity, that you're part of the leadership team, yes. for uh, early on in the early days. And and if he had come to me with a business plan, I'm do some venture capital investing right now, I would have suggested he was nuts. Right. Uh, and, of course, now we're in a, he's a multi-billion-dollar public company. And right. But what's fascinating in this context is that he was driven by helping companies grow. I know that because he sponsored the first speech I ever did around, you know, the transition in no man's land. So that was a focus and that was the fuel that got him through enormous difficulties. But passion's not self-manufactured in the entrepreneurial world, but it is what literally incites the creativity and the new ideas. And, and, and so this, this is really a cornerstone around the types of clients that your company works with, that I work with, some of the ones that you work with as well, David. So there are three companies. I won't name them so they're not, I won't sound uh, self-promoting. There are three companies that, that I'm involved with as a venture capital. One of them is an alternative mosquito repellent that's all natural, that's more effective than DEET. What's driving that entrepreneur is he traveled the world and saw places where families didn't name their children for the first year because they didn't know if they're going to survive malaria. Mm -hmm. And they're in environments where you can't use heavy chemicals to get rid of mosquitoes. So he found and is launching uh, an, an all-natural alternative that's EPA-approved. and But God knows the difficulty of building that supply chain. There is a nutraceutical that's being launched uh, around a professor at Florida State University who uh, whose mother's dying of Alzheimer's. And she was looking for a, if everybody's marching north, is there a solution south? And that product will be out on the market. Uh, it was an enormous bet that anybody would back her research, but she had a passion for it. And then finally, uh, there is a um, an alternative to uh, halting premature contractions or stopping pregnancies in advance, you know, premature pregnancies. And that's being driven by a man who lost a son to that issue. So, you know, it's not self-manufactured. I don't think passion... There has to be something there to start with, Larry. I mean, uh, uh, it'd be very interesting, uh, David and Larry, to, to talk about that. But when I reflect over the entrepreneurship world, that might be the core of what drives everything else we've talked about, the goal settings, uh, the, the issues around focus. It's how to get there. But if you don't have that, you have no fuel. I think yeah. it's a great example. I really, really enjoy... Um, and disparity and and the 
the passion that this company has from the top down. Larry, you know, just just for my sake, reiterate what Doug just said about what, what the true goal in the beginning was that created such a passion for a company like Insperity. What it, you know, when you get right down to it, what is the passion behind it? What what what's that statement that that Paul made? That is something we love to talk about around here at Insperity. It's a passion or the word that I sometimes use is is our we have a cause. Okay. We have something that drives us. And to me, any true great business has a passion or a cause that is like glue that attracts the right kind of people that will then give discretionary effort. They'll give effort way above just getting the job done, but because they see that passion and that big picture, you know, it's there. So we have a a simple passion here, and it's to help businesses succeed so that communities prosper. And it's a pretty simple statement as far as words go, but the the passion that comes from our CEO, you know, and permeates the entire company is that we truly care about our clients. And here again, that sounds trite, but if you've spent any time around Insperity employees, you know that they really, really care about our clients. They want to see those businesses succeed. Uh, they care about the cultures of our clients and that even down to every employee who's a part of our client companies are self-actualized and are energized and, and have uh, the things that they need in order to do their, their job well. And there's some audacity to this mission statement because we have the audacity to believe that what we do actually helps the communities where we live and work. And really a thriving business community uh, and then you add to that our passion to contribute to nonprofits within that community. We actually believe that we help to make a difference in communities. So, therefore, we attract the, the kind of people that that is, it fuels them. And, you know, by the way, we make a lot, we make a lot of profit and we do just fine in that, that way either because we have a good business model, but you put together a good business model with a, with cause, with a passion. And, uh, boy, that's a recipe for, for huge success. Folks, you've got the talent and you've got your lofty goals. The question now is, do you have the passion? Well, join us next time as we break down the components of passion, which is the fuel of elite performance. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share. And thanks for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you next time.